What's that, my dear? There's no one here to help you. Cause in my room, my quiet room, they'll be home soon, so soon. I just want to Tim Ripper Owens, welcome to Talking the Talk with the Greats on the Brain Fart. Thank you, man. Absolutely. So, what made you not run, like screaming, from doing a talk with something called the Greats on the Brain Fart? Uh, well, I mean, my name's Ripper. I have to go with that, doesn't it? <laughs> I like how you think about that. You know, it kind of goes, you know, brain fart ripper, you know, it, yeah. it, it all yeah. kind of, so there you go. <laughs> goes hand in hand. <laughs> well, I have to, I have to tell you, it was too funny because, um, I had some friends who, um, yeah, I was telling them I was, uh, uh interviewing you today and they were like, are you fucking kidding? Like, you're really going to interview Ripper after how much you troll him on Twitter? And I'm like, that's why I want to interview him. Because I was like, he is one of my favorite vocalists. But I know we're on opposite sides of the political fence and things like this and whatnot. I said, but I loved how I could always get a little troll in there. And you would always just kind of like slap it back and just kind of have fun. And like, I was like, like you just seem like a guy who knows how to just roll with things and not take things so seriously, you know? Um, was that something that you had to try hard to do later on in your life and your career? Or is that just kind of like how you've always been? Well, you know, it's how, listen, I, I grew up here in, in Ohio and I've kind of, had a great upbringing with, and uh, had parents. Great, I have great parents. You know, they struggled in life, uh, so we've all had to, to make what we have. But I've, I was brought up right, you know. And the thing is, I've always been funny and had a sense of humor. And you know, you can't take anything too serious. You know, when you and I would go back at each other, we weren't actually attacking each other. As in, some people attack me, and it's just totally crude stuff that they're coming at. You know, they'll say things, and it's like, I mean, and even that, I usually kind of jokingly go back to them, and then it ends up making that person look bad, not me. Right. Uh, but it's, it's you know, you just got to, you, listen, you can't be sarcastic and not do things and, and come back and say things like I do. I mean, the funniest one, I had one the other day that said he's going to come to my show and pound my face in or something. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, you were the guy that just posted the thing towards me. <laughs> you know, you actually came on my page and said, you're, you're a jerk and you don't, you, you've done nothing in your career and you've only play five people at a, at a at bar or something. And I guess you must not really follow my career, but <laughs> you know what I mean? And next thing I know, this guy turns around like I'm dissing him and you know, it's like, it's just, you know, you got to have a sense of humor. And I, the worst thing that happened to me in high school was my senior year, I didn't win uh, class clown. And I was so upset because out of all <laughs> high school, you think I'd be mad about grades or something. I was just like, man, I can't believe I didn't win class clown. What the heck? <laughs> See, I think that's so great because, you know, it's funny because I've, uh, I've, been, I've been doing this site for almost 10 years now. It'll be 10 years this summer. <laughs> And, um, and honestly, you know, like, I mean, I've been a, I, I've been a fan of, of yours and a fan of your voice 
for years you know i mean i'm and of course i'm going to be totally honest i you know i wasn't a huge fan of of the priest stuff but i was a fan of you if that makes sense you know what i mean like yeah i love i love the fact that like wow man like like the little dude did good do you know does that make sense but then like yeah absolutely over the years you would just i would find myself just you know, it, it, it was almost like I didn't want to like you, but like, I was like, damn it. When is he going to just do something that I just don't like? But like your work with like Aventasia on the Wicked Symphony album is some of my favorite vocal work, you know? And, you know, just like, you know, your stuff with Charred, Charred Walls of the Damned. And I mean, you know, I've just, I, I've, I've just been a fan for a long time, but I just always thought it was so funny. Like when we would, I would see you on Twitter or whatever. And the little bit that I do get on, like you were usually the first one I went to, I'd be like, Oh, I wonder if I could kind of like say something goofy back to him, you know? And, and I'd kind of like poke the bear a little bit. And I remember one time it was like a few years ago, you even messaged me back and you were like, that was funny. And I was like, okay, well, I'm glad we're like, you know, getting that. Like, it's just, you know, it's entertaining, you know, it's entertainment. It's not like, you know, I'm not going to come like torch your house or something. Do you know well, what I mean? It is. And you know, what's funny though, is you, you, you do that and you laugh instead of, you know, people get offended so easily nowadays, and then they, then they just kind of almost make up stuff. I mean, I've had other pages, other sites who are on the total opposite of of my beliefs, but then they make up lies and they try to spread lies and destroy your career. And it really is true. I mean, I've seen people say stuff like, "You like taking one side of the story because of something you don't like," you know. And then right. I see that kind of stuff all the time, and it's like, wow, man, it is just. But you can't. You got to go into things with, 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 without that frame of mind, you know. And that's because you know what's bad is trying to destroy somebody's career. To me, I can't believe what people would actually have that. Would, I mean, not. I get it if it's something bad, but I mean, it's it's incredible. And if it, everybody could do what you and I would go back and forth, and 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 same with. Me with a lot of other people. I mean, I, I go back and forth with other people. Next thing you know, it's like, hey, yeah, you know. Then we become friends. I have actually, I've got a lot of friends. I've on social media. That I've met where they've dissed me at first. You know, it's kind of coming at me with stuff and making fun of me. And next thing you know, we're kind of friends because you know. All right, sure. You know, well, whatever. you know, well, because it's funny because I, I, you know, I've I've had this, I've had this. Uh, conversation with with a few other uh, musicians and even uh, you know friends of mine that you know like even in in the political climate that we're in as strained as it is and as like you know torn up as it feels that at the end of the day everybody is privy to have their own political beliefs and that's totally fine i don't have to agree with them and i don't have to think that they're right but i also don't have to be like you know you're the shittiest fucking person on the planet i'm gonna make sure you never make music you know what i mean like i think that at some point you know like one of the things i always appreciated about you especially with the twitter thing is that like just the knowing of your political side is that you don't put it out there so much that you're just like you said, like you said that, that it's so obnoxious that you're like, 
okay, anyone who doesn't share your belief is absolutely going to fucking hate you. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, so no, it's like, the whole, listen, you know, it's just a different era because, uh, if you voted for a president in the past and you would, and somebody would have a bumper sticker on a car, the person who didn't like that president wouldn't go bash in the car. Nowadays, that's the response from people. If they don't like something, whether it's your political beliefs, if they have a Trump sticker on, they would probably burn your car because people are that angry nowadays. And, and it, listen, it's only getting worse because whoever becomes the next president, it's going to be the floodgates have opened, you know, because people just they don't even care. They don't even know why they do it. Whatever it is, po- politics or not, there's so many people music-wise, uh, band-wise, uh, whatever. They don't like something. Parking spaces. You take someone's park. I mean, the world now is everybody is so offended and angry at everything. And it's, it's um, you know, it's unbelievable, really, to be honest, because I, I can't imagine uh, eight years ago somebody wearing – uh, an Obama shirt, which I remember seeing him at the mall all the time, and nobody ever said anything. There was no spitting on people. Nowadays, people, it's like, that's what you do? That's that's your response? That's your response to the disagreeing with somebody? It's just, I'm, I show my kids, I'm like, man, you know, look at people's, this is how they're handling stuff nowadays. That's how they handle it. Oh, I like, mean, yeah, because, I mean, we live, we live here in Atlanta, and you know like even my wife was talking about that she was like you know she was like she's like you know and my car is covered in bumper stickers of course with like those bands and stuff but she's like don't put any anti-trump stickers on your car because the last thing i need for you to do is to get you know beat with a baseball bat at a red light you know by people you know you know it's because it's just such an extremist thing these days where it used to just be you know if your side didn't win then do something the next time to make sure your side doesn't win but like just you know it was just it it was it's such a different time you know and things and i and i really kind of think it's a younger generation that unlike people of our generation um well so i don't know i'm 45 so i don't know how but i'm pretty sure we're close in generation is that it it's you know our generation was taught like you said like by good parents to say like you regardless you don't treat people shitty you know you don't go and beat someone up i mean that's the shit they did in the 60s you know what i mean like this is not shit we should be doing now you know no it's not and you know what i grew up well we didn't have the thing different with social media and you know seeing you know, lies being broadcast, and you just kind of look at it, whatever it is. I mean, you—I mean, look. Every day you turn on Facebook and you and you read a fake story that somebody's dead, and then you see twenty people post, "Oh my God, rest in peace." And it's like, no, it's fake, dumbass. Look it up. All you gotta do is search it. No one searches anything, right? But I, you know, I grew up, and in, in my and this is this was what was great about in that kind of that time. Obviously, it didn't work out well because everybody was losing their jobs. But in the eighties. My, you know, we're all Democrats, but, you know, rubber factories, uh, you know, and Democrats. And that's how it was in my town. That's how we were supposed to be. That was mm-hmm. what we were raised. Right. Right. You know, now that now the town's a shithole and and that's that's what they believe in. But it was a great time because you 
you didn't even talk about politics because there wasn't social media. We knew we were Democrats. That's what we did. Uh, that's just how it was, right? That's what you did. You didn't you didn't go around boasting it or talking about it. And if you said uh, you saw somebody who was a if you would have saw someone wearing a red hat back then, you wouldn't have bashed his head in with a bat or spit on him. It just, you know what I mean? It was like a nice, but that's what social media does. And that's, you know, it's a good thing and a bad thing. Social media is, you know what? Uh, somebody said, man, I didn't remember this much crime. Well, it's because we didn't know that we did. When you watch that Ted Bundy special, it's funny because this dude went from, you know, one area to another state and they didn't even, he's just committing murders under the name Ted in the Volkswagen. I remember you know? that. After, I just watched that, by the way, which is fucking fantastic. Yeah. And, yeah. And, you know, yeah, but this guy's like doing the exact same thing in another and goes to Denver and does it, but no one even knows about it. You know, nowadays you, you, you just can't, it, it's in the news, it's on social media and, you know, and that social media is, a, it's a great thing. Don't get me wrong, but that's, that's just the difference because people don't even stop and, they don't even know what's real and what's not real. You know, one minute they want to go by numbers. The next minute they don't want to go by numbers. Next minute they want to do this. They, they read stuff. And this is left or right politics, not, not politics, whatever. I mean, I see people argue over the arguments over bands and what's a crappy band and not. And the way they get, the way they go at it on social media talking about it, it's like, oh my gosh, people, that's their, holy crap. Oh, it's a <laughs> like, it. Yeah, it's hilarious. I mean, like I, I well, Sebastian Bach from Skid Row was here uh, a few a few years ago and played here, and um, you know I went to the show to cover the show and um, like I'll be honest, it was a horrible performance. I thought he, I mean, he sounded bad. I just and I'm like, you know what? I mean, I'm not a journalist. I don't work for anybody. I do this for myself. You know, this is like my own thing. I come at it as a as a music fan. Who, who who writes you know what I mean and so I don't have to answer anybody so I just write things up as I hear it or as I see it and I I wrote this kind of bad review about him and boy he came guns blazing at me on Facebook and I was like of course for me I'm looking at this like oh man this is great dude like you're just gonna like it crashed my website I got so much traffic yeah, you, got, you, know? you got some likes <laughs> You got some likes that day. Oh, Jesus Christ. My my web host called me and was like, we actually shut your website down because we thought you were getting hacked. But it just turned out that you know, a lot of people – because usually I have like, you know, you know, three to five to 700 hits a day. I had like up in the thousands that day and they were like – they thought it was like a denial of service attack. <laughs> I was like, okay. Yes. But, you know, the th- and the thing is, is that, you know, and you know this as well as anybody, is that musically, you know, I mean – I mean, you, you're kind of like a, 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 a critic's darling in the sense that not that like, I mean, like I, I've, I've heard the worst and I've heard the best of you, but yet you always seem to kind of roll with it. So how hard is it for you when things come at you from an artistic standpoint where people are just like shredding you apart? Like, well, does it affect you I- in a way or like, what does that do? Well, of course it does, but I'll tell you when it gets me the most is when people will do it, but, and it's not, it's not kind of accurate. I mean, it's not like, you know, if you say something like, 
like somebody said with the three tremors record you're singing you know and listen first of all it's a page that the, anything i would ever do uh they would tear me apart they hate me they're far left-wing page that just hate doesn't matter they can't take that out of it and that's their whole problem they didn't like me because of that so now they just kind of just do it and that's all right if you're if you're accurate if you're accurate with saying listen that this sucks or i don't like it because of this and it's like yeah i i get it you know i kind of i kind of understand that but this, this one was this he's attacking me or whoever i can't remember who it was and i don't even know how i saw the review because i half time i don't even read them but he goes um uh you sound exactly like you do on every record and it was the funniest thing was the three trimmers record i actually sang differently than i do on every record i sing more falsetto-y metal church acdc type singing because i didn't want to sound like the other guys so i actually approached it and sang it different yet right. this guy's like he sounds he's singing his typical way and it's like well first of all i got three records coming out at the same time i sing different in all of them so you can pick one of them i hope but <laughs> it, it's when they just you know they attack you for silly things like uh he's wearing a baseball hat so rob halford can wear a biker cap bruce dickinson can wear a, a stocking winter cap uh cost mine to wear a hat everybody else can wear a hat but me no sir Reed, tim you that's a stupid thing you're trying to be new metal and it's like is that the worst thing you guys could do is attack me on my baseball hat you know it's like they have to find stuff when people do it and i always think it's funny and the other one he's just too busy you got to stick with one band this is this is watered down i'm thinking man if rob halford would put out you know a couple records with other projects to just do it i'm a fan i would love to just buy it and hear it because i'm a fan of rob halford right this, I, I, but i I'm, I'm in the business where i have to put music up now these three records that are coming out at the same time weren't recorded at the same time they just happened one was the two of them were delayed where they all were released at the same time but you know i'm i make i'm a musician well i mean i if i worked like i said in an interview the other day if i worked a, a regular if i if i was in one band i would have to work a regular job because unless you're iron maiden or judas priest or you know alice cooper or disturbed or something you know you don't have to work other jobs right know? yeah because i mean and you're you know pretty what? much doing I'm, 200 shows a year and making an album you know and whatever well, and my other my other job is music 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 because that's all i do i make I, I make my living doing music and i get to sing you know it's what i do so singing in all these all these different bands and touring solo and doing all these tours i mean it's what i do but people will and you know what you have to kind of most of the time I just go, oh, that's why I stopped reading them because it's just like, you just, when people, that's the worst to me. When people are on social media giving me advice on what I should do. <laughs> and I'm thinking, I, I've, I've done pretty good in my music career. I've been to the Grammys, nominated for a Grammy. I, I, I tour last year. I played everywhere around the world from Australia to Israel to, to Greece to you know, Cyprus to you name it. I've been playing it right. and I, I tour under my name, playing my material and other stuff. Uh, what, I mean, you know, I make 
more money now in my career. I mean, I'm a lot busier, so that's why. But I'm that's why I work. But I'm I'm fortunate to make more money than I ever have. I don't really know what advice they're going to give me. You know, uh, um, but I, that's what it's always funny. It's like somebody knows what I should be doing. It's like, yeah. Hey, I got to be honest though. Not that I'm not going to listen to it because I'll take any advice. If they got some stock tips for me or something, I'll listen to it. <laughs> some stock, but you know, to kind of to kind of echo back to what you were just talking about is that you know, like I was just talking um, not too long ago is that you know I'm a huge Maiden fan and I'm a huge Dickinson fan, and one of the things I loved was like when Dickinson stepped out, did his solo career, put out some of the, his, the best material I've ever heard, but then came back to Maiden, and then when Maiden had a break, he put out another solo album, you know? And it's like, part of me wishes, like, like, like Bruce, do more of that, you know? Kind of kind of do your own thing and, and, and give us some things. So, because I feel like with you, what I like about this, and of course as we know it's all subjective you know that you know if you're gonna put out three albums the chances of someone liking all three albums might be a little slim but the best part about it is is that you you are right in the sense that everything is a little different from each other so that if someone doesn't like you know play my game right they might like charred walls of the damned you know what i mean yeah. or they you know so i really liked that idea that you were always doing something and this new this new and um a new revenge i have to say man when it came into my inbox i i first looked at the lineup and i was like you know okay well first off this is like no joke this is like a legit thing and um I love the fucking record, man. I think it's fantastic. You know, um, like I, I love. I, I, I do too. Well, I, well, I hope you do because you got to sing this shit on tour. You know? <laughs> well, uh, listen, I got to tell you what that was recorded a few. That one was the oldest. It's funny because that's the oldest of the three coming out. Right. Yes. And then yeah. Spirits of Fire was next, and then Three Trimmers. But it's actually been released in the opposite order. But a new revenge. Uh, I liked it. I mean, you know, what's funny is it's, it's straightforward, hard rock, but it's really catchy. It's the kind of music you can sing to. It's great live. And I remember playing it for like my, my band in Ireland. I have this, the band's called Sandstone and they, and they always back me up in Europe and they're fantastic musicians. And I'm thinking, man, I wonder, let's see what these guys think is they're metalheads. And they were like, holy crap, this stuff is great. It's great. I love it. You know, and it makes it nice because you're always, waiting for that metalhead guy uh, because it's the, the middle of the road people is going to like it you know my my girlfriend uh, my friends a lot of different people will, will like it who might not be in, who, into the heavier stuff but that's what I'm always curious and I think it's great I, I, I really like it a lot to be honest I mean one of the things that I loved about it was because I mean I I probably listened to it three times today just because i you know i like to absorb stuff especially if i'm going to talk to somebody about it but like it you know it 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 really seems to kind of capture a lot of different as you know aspects of me like it was melodic you know it, it had a little bit of modern to it um had some classic metal elements to it like it was extremely versatile and even on the song 
like only the pretty ones, I was like, yeah. that is Alice Cooper 100%, man. Like, which I mean, and I mean that in all due respect. Like, I thought that was just so great because it was, again, one of those little things that just kind of set itself apart from the rest of the songs on the album, which is a really versatile collection of songs. Well, I think, listen, that's exactly how I talk about that song as well. I'm like, dude, listen to this. It's kind of like an Alice Cooper track, you know? And here's the thing. When Carrie started writing and he's sending me these tracks, what I liked is Carrie's from a different... First of all, he lives in the Orange County area. And that, to me, you can hear the Orange County influence. You know, right. there's always... People don't... You know, if you think about it, music's always... Wherever part of the world, you can sometimes go, yeah, that band's from New York, or that's a Seattle band, or that's a a Florida band. You can actually tell with a lot of stuff. And I, his influence really came out. I could tell he was worked with Slash, Snake Pit. I could, you know, I could tell his upbringing in music. You know, he was with Alice Cooper. You could hear these influences in all of it, and I freaking loved it. And that's that's what made it good for me because I still sing like me. I mean, I'm singing. I I didn't sing different I sang like me so it makes it kind of cool I mean you have a distinct voice but what I love about it is that you have a way of kind of uh, kind of like characterizing someone like Alice if that makes sense in other words like it's still you singing but you're able to kind of change the character of your voice a bit to kind of fit that influence to where that's funny you know, it's it, it it's like it still sounds like you, but it's not like oh man, it's Ripper trying to be Alice. It's like no nah, man, uh, like that's you like kind of channeling that influence, which is very obvious in the song. Well, yeah, and you know, um, yeah, because when I did wrote the song, I wasn't thinking I was trying to be Alice Cooper. I was just writing a song that kind of made it sound creepy. Um, but you know, it's funny you just nailed it because I've always said. I like to sing in characters. I, mm-hmm. That's kind of my saying. That's always been my saying. I like to sing in characters. You know, that's why I, I, I'm in demand to do a lot of stuff because I can sing in a wide range. I mean, one minute I could sing, you know, you can go online and see me singing Sepultura uh, live at, at Bloodstock, and people's like, or you could see me singing it with Hale, singing Territory, and people's like, holy crap, man, you sound you sound great singing it. Next thing you know, I'm singing, you know, uh, a Judas Priest song or or uh, whatever I'm you know Dio or whatever I'm singing. And, Are you doing like that total epic power metal on like the Avantasia stuff, which was you know? Yeah. I mean, it's such it's such a versatile thing. Which I again, I mean, you know, I mean, I'm a musician myself, and 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 I I, I sing and I sing in my own band. But man, if I had a voice that versatile, you better believe I'd want to fucking be doing a bunch of different things because. I think that as a vocalist, like, you know, I mean, your voice is an instrument without a doubt. And if you can use that instrument in many different ways to your benefit, whether it just, yeah, be financial, but also be it that, like you said, where you get to do music, like that's not something a lot of singers can do. And that's, that's a pretty cool fucking thing. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I'm I'm definitely lucky that I get to do this stuff. That's for sure. So I got to ask you when when did a when when did the, when did a young Ripper Owens like first discover a love for metal? 
well, in you know, probably in the seventies, I remember getting uh, I remember getting a, uh, you know, I was always listening to like Elvis or my dad had like Bach for Turner Overdrive and Aerosmith, and I'm like, man, this is some cool stuff. And then my brother and I got a Kiss record. We got Kiss Rock and Roll Over. I'm like, this is great. But the funny thing is, in, in the early '80s, I got my uh, my brother got Judas Priest screaming for vengeance, and I got Ario Speedwagon High Infidelity. And, uh, <laughs> I'm, and I'm sorry. Like, yeah, I know. Yeah, I loved it. I like this record's great. And then I remember my brother's like, I looked at the back of that album, I'm like Jesus, man, look at those guys. You know, that's that one. Or like, got all the spikes on stuff, and then. Uh, I listened to Electric Eye and that was it. It was over. I'm like, yeah, this is uh, that. And you know what? This is what won it for me. The way he changed his voice. Electric Eye, the beginning of the song, he changes it like three times at the beginning, and that's what won it for me. You know. And then eventually, I be, that's why my favorite singers are people like John Oliva and uh, obviously Ronnie James Dio is my all-time favorite, and people even like Chris Cornell. I mean people who can change their voices around and uh but yeah so that was it i mean that was my introduction to becoming a a metalhead that's so funny because i i love i love that that's what it was was that you identified early on with kind of like what we said what we talked about earlier was character based vocalists i mean singers like dio um you know Halford uh, even Dickinson you know like where they could sing the softest of the soft the highest of the high the middle of the mids and do it all in a song and then at some point unleash a scream that would just peel the paint off your walls you know what I mean yeah and like yeah and it would it was, and, that, and Dickinson would have been that too I mean at that time obviously the top ones for me were at that time early on the top were probably uh, Dickinson and, and Halford at that moment. Then I really got into Dio later on, and I got in, I'm more into Dio even now. But yeah, you know what's even funny is a singer like Joey Belladonna at the time with Anthrax. Mm-hmm. I just loved them because I had a band that was kind of like that, kind of a crazy thrash. It's almost like it was all over the place. It was called Brain Aside. And yes, Brain Aside. Yeah. But but I would sing that style and that's why I loved Anthrax because here's a band like that and this dude's like singing like he's like a you know uh, Steve Perry kind of guy singing uh, thrash music so even that was cool to me because it just showed that listen I remember our band would start up Brainside and all of a sudden I'd start singing and the fans would look like wait a minute they would be out there smashing each other to bits and then I would start singing they would stop and look like wait he's supposed he's not supposed to be singing what the hell is this <laughs> That's so funny that you talked about the about how much uh, about how he had uh, about Belladonna having that kind of Steve Perry influence because you know when they did that cover ZP and they they did that um, they did that cover of uh, Keep on Running by Journey yeah I was yeah. like holy crap man but at the same time what I also loved about Belladonna was uh, I was backstage with a friend years ago uh, interviewing Sean Drover from uh, Megadeth at the time and my friend had a King Crimson t-shirt on and he and Belladonna walked by and stopped and looked at my friend's shirt and looked up at him and started singing a King Crimson song you know and I was Great. like I was like wait, wait. And, like my buddy was like 
if I didn't already love him more, like I just love him twice as much now, you know, like it, yeah. it, it's just that you got to love the, the whole versatility of that, you know? So, Absolutely. yeah. So, so, you know, so of course you got the young fledgling ripper, you know, going into, you know, like, a, like you said, you had brain aside and then eventually you worked your way up. You started, uh, you know, uh, having other 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 artists, uh, I mean other bands. You had um, well, Winter's Bane, which actually, uh, which I, I always thought was interesting because I've seen quite a few uh, tribute bands do this, where you were an original band that would open up for yourself, where you would come back later and do covers. Now, like when you're doing this back then. Was it even in your mind at all that there was ever a potential that you were like, you know, I could sing for Priest one day? Do you know what I mean? Well, I probably had dreams and as a, as a kid of that, but no, I never would have thought that. I thought it was, you know, it was a very lucky break that I that I made Priest. But yeah, I mean, you know, I remember I went, to, I worked at a law firm back in the day, and I went to uh, a Jewish. I went to the I think it. I don't know what oh, it was. Probably like Operation Rock and Roll or something. Yeah, when they were doing with that with Alice Cooper and Metal yeah. Church and all them Dangerous yeah. Toys. Yeah, I had like a I had like a dream that they asked me to come up and sing "Victim of Changes." Uh, so I thought this is a, this is the coolest thing ever, you know. And that was kind of the the irony of the whole thing was that was my dream way back then. And then when I auditioned for Judas Priest, I sang "Victim of Changes." So it was kind of funny that it it actually did come around. But but I never thought of you know, listen, I didn't take music. I wasn't the guy that thought I was going to be a musician for my job. Right. Uh, so that was kind of how lucky I got um, because that's that's definitely something I didn't think was going to happen. I mean, I'm sure you get you get asked this a lot, you know, and and you know, and so so forgive me for asking, but of course, because this is my first time talking to you, I love to hear these stories, you know, from 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 the voice themselves. Do you know what I mean? Because a lot of stuff, you know, you read, you know, and I like to hear about like the emotion, and yeah, you know, and like 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 hear from from you know the, the the person themselves about how it went down and whatnot. So, but when when that when that opportunity was presented to you was there any sense of like I don't know if this is a good idea or were you just like fuck yeah I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna do this you know what I mean when I when I made Judas Priest yeah yeah I'm, I'm pretty sure I wasn't saying I'm not gonna do this <laughs> <laughs> you know hey I gotta say one thing about talking and reading something you know, because nowadays, you know, people usually just read the headline on something, and then they never go to the story. So, <laughs> I read my headlines. It's always out there. You think I'm a real asshole? So, I, I'm. This is like getting the actual real story. So it's kind of nice. <laughs> well, this is good. Well, because that's what I was telling you is that like that's why I started doing this podcast was because and doing interviews was because I like to hear these stories from these people firsthand because you know a lot of times you just read the story and. Um, I was uh, so I'm good friends with Jeff Keith from uh, Tesla, you know, and uh-huh. and and we were talking about um, oh what was it we were okay I got kind of sidetracked you were talking about um, head oh yeah he um, he was telling me um, that the storyline about how he got to be in the band was wrong 
for so many years and the, like the tale was something that he was like a garbage truck driver you know at the time and da 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 and he was like I was never a garbage truck driver I was a septic tank driver <laughs> A septic oh, truck yeah, driver. Yeah. But he was like, even though it was such a minor thing, he was like, it was so nice for him to be. He said, he said, it's so nice to just be able to say that, know that people are going to hear that. He goes, because they even got that wrong in the liner notes of the debut album. You know what I mean? And so it's kind of cool. Well, yeah, I mean, but that, yeah, that's kind of how it is, isn't it? I mean, no one ever, uh, you know, they, they, once they start saying it, no one looks into stuff. So it kind of gets out there, and that's what it is, you know. With the, with the priest thing, like, how did that really come about? I mean, give me the Reader's Digest version here, Ripper. Like, what what happened? Well, I mean, making the band, it was just like I said, you know, I was I did a Judas Priest tribute band, not even for that long, uh, you know, maybe a year. I don't even know, but it was we did it because I was the band Winners Bane. Uh, we could it was nineteen, you know, ninety three or something, and we really didn't couldn't get a gig. You know, metal was really bad then, so we couldn't do anything. So some, and Jewish Priest wasn't together, and some agent said, you know, you guys should, you guys should do uh, Jewish Priest tribute band, open up and and uh, you know, open up as Winter's Day, and you could tour. So that's how that happened. Uh, and then I and then I wasn't singing good. The band wasn't playing very good, so I kind of quit. I was doing a Seattle tribute band, and that's when all of a sudden. A year later, after I quit, uh, Judas Priest called and said, hey, we saw a videotape of you, and um, you want to, you know, I think we want to meet you. And I flew out to England and sang one line of Victim of Changes and got the gig, you know. So it was really like that. And uh, it was it was an amazing, I mean, listen, I've said this for years now that the only bad thing about being in Judas Priest is that I lost my he- my heroes, you know. Um my idols because they became my friends i know it sounds weird but we became such great friends that those those guys that were on my bedroom wall in the poster they're not the same anymore you know so i kind of lost these because they were my only like the the band you know but they were so great and it was such an amazing experience that um that's why people always try to get dirt out of me or say something bad about them like listen i i have i have nothing to say bad about i mean it was one of the best times like on the road like being with you know uh, a band and, and being friends it was probably one of the best times ever so it's really cool because you know i just read kk's book and like even yeah. even kk went as far as to you know to say like in you know you know hey look ripper was there for us when we didn't know if we were going to still be a band and we were still able to be a band and even though it wasn't even just priests. It's like you said, it was the whole climate just around metal. I mean, hell, look at Iron Maiden. You know, they had Blaze yeah. Bailey. They were playing the same club that my fucking metal band played, which actually is cool for me. Probably not as cool for Maiden, but like cool for me to say, like, dude, I played on that stage yeah. like three weeks ago, and Maiden's on but, that stage now. You know what but, I mean? And that was the in- – you saw the incoming even – when, when you see the numbers of, of the Painkiller Tour, when Judas Priest was playing in front of 1,500 people, 200 people on the Painkiller Tour, then you kind of knew that, wow, this is, you, I think everybody kind of saw this this writing at that time. Uh, you know, ACDC was playing small shows, and uh, it just was the nature of the beast. You know, bands like Testament and Death Angel and, and Anthrax, they were hardly around, you know? I mean... Oh, uh, yeah. 
I mean, Anthrax still was, but I mean, Testament. But again, even them, they, they, they had, like you were talking about the Operation Rock and Roll Tour. I remember when it came to Atlanta, they had shut the lawn down at the amphitheater and everyone who had lawn tickets they basically just moved them into the seats dude if you put that lineup out on the road right now those tickets would be $275 and would probably sell out do you know what I mean like because you know again like it's it's the whole you know what comes around goes around you know it's a it's a very cyclical thing music is you know And, and rock's not dead and this is the difference because I'll tell you uh, an, a, an example of this is uh, you look at last night Disturbed selling out Madison Square Garden. Whether you like it or not, they've been around a long time now and they're probably closer to a regular old school metal and themselves. But here's a band like that selling out Madison Square Garden. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, And it's like for me, I'm like, yes. Yes, you know, it's it's freaking awesome. Dude, I saw Tesla here just a couple weeks ago, uh, last week, I think it was. Uh, they played uh, the Buckhead Theater, sold out 1,800 seats. You know, like, that's more than what they were playing to at the, almost at the height of their career. You know what I mean? And so it's, you know, it's this thing. Like I said, it's a very cyclical motion, and if, if it's got staying power, it stays. You know, I mean, I've been lucky to see Alice Cooper many times over the past 10 years play the best shows of his career and play to big crowds you know I mean like obviously they're not huge arenas but like the guy's not playing the clubs you know what I mean so you know the good stuff will always even if it gets sunk it'll still rise to the top eventually you know but um when you were doing the priest thing was there ever any, any interaction between you and Halford, and if it, if there was, like, how was that? Uh, there was a little. We saw each other in Cleveland once. He came or Akron. He came into town and went on a radio station. I guess he said, "Hey, Ripper, if you're listening, come to the show." I wasn't listening, but the radio station called me, and I I did. I went to the show, and met him. You know, we had a few things that probably went back and forth back in the day that the press tried to to get said, but you know, we um. We get along great. We got along good then. And we, I think in the end of the day, we always try to take the high road mm-hmm. um, and talk good about each other. And that was, you know, now it's the same way. And whenever I see Rob, uh, he always comes over to me and we have a good conversation and talk about what's going on. And, I mean, again, he was, uh, you know, that was for, for a long time, that was the almost the only singer that I would just listen to. You know, I would just sit back and I, cause I went back in time and listened to all those records and sin after sin and all these things. And I'm just like, man, staying class. And, um, so, you know, uh, meeting him was, was crazy, you know? And every time I see him, like I, I'd be in Brazil on a tour and, and I'd have a night off and I said, Hey, Halford's playing. So I remember going up there and hanging out and, um, he's just a great guy. Uh, and, you know, it's always pretty amazing that, I, that we became friends as well. So one of the things that, like, to kind of, again, go back to what you talked about earlier when you were talking about how people only read headlines and people only read little snippets of news and whatnot, is that, of course, there's been this whole thing now about how Priest has pretty much kind of cut out the Ripper era 
like of the of out of their lineage and whatnot. Um, what's what is the truth behind this, and what are your wholehearted feelings about it? Well, I mean, uh, I think it's upsetting that you know jugulators not out there. It does it does suck. I don't know who's doing it. Is yeah, I can't just point at right. the band. I think Jugulator's probably not out there because of the record label it was on. I'm going to guess it has to do something with that. I'm, well, because you, uh, you guys were on a different label at that point. Yeah, it was like CMC or something. It was one of those how- like it was one of those like last labels that were like picking up metal like CMC and Castle Records were doing those like you know they were kind of like picking up Maiden and picking up Priest and whatnot you know and. Yeah, and the next one, Jugulator, or Demolition, was on Atlantic uh, in America, so I think that's probably... Uh, but I don't know. Um, I just... You know, it is... It, it, my issue is that you just can't find the records or CDs, and I know they're... I don't care what they sell, because, you know, we know they're not going to sit there and sell a bazillion copies. We just need to... I just wish it was out there, uh, because I still... You know, listen, if someone wants to hear the songs live, they can just come to one of my solo shows. Because I play Bullet Train, Cathedral Spires, Dead Meat, Death Row, Jugulator, uh, Burning Hell, Bloodstain, Hell is Home, Lost and Found, uh, Machine Man. I play the songs, so if they want to uh, to hear them, they can come there. Uh, but, you know, it'd be nice if the CDs were out, but, you know, I got plenty of my own CDs out now, so if someone can just go get them. <laughs> and in some ways, you'd probably much rather them go get them anyway because it's it's you, you know. Well, yeah, and also, yeah, it's not like I talk about this like I'm going to make money from the sale of those CDs because I'm not. So it doesn't matter if all of a sudden one of them sold a million copies, I'm not going to get anything. Uh, it's just the the pride I have in making them. I I love them. Uh, probably some of my favorite stuff that I've done is on those CDs. And uh, it's just the principle of the fact, really. Yeah. You know? But, you know, I'm not, you know, listen, it is. I, I, I don't even ever. It's not like I go somewhere and I bring up the issue. That's what's funny is like you'll read a headline that says Rippers says this. Well, I was asked that, you know, read the article first before you start saying I'm a crybaby or whatever you want to talk about. But yeah. the point is, I'm asked by people. I answer the question. I don't ever go out of my house and walk into the grocery store and look at the person and say, you believe they don't have my fucking CDs out? You know, it's not like, you know what I mean? I don't bring it up. It's so Someone funny because I, the reason why I even brought it up in this, because actually I wasn't going to bring it up, but the only reason I did was for that very matter was that I was, and I wish I would have saved it because it's like I said, being, you know, doing what I do, I just get so much, you know, links and so many things and I see so much shit. And, and I, somebody had posted something about like, I wish Ripper would just let it go and, 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 and quit obsessing over the, and I was just like, I don't know that he's obsessing about, you know I what I mean? Like, I, no, how about this? How about if that guy lets it go then? Because <laughs> Because he's doing the same thing I am. I'm just answering somebody's question. I'm answering the question, and I'm not even bitter about it. I'm like, I wish they'd have it out. I mean, you know, if if somebody did anything for their job, I mean, a lot of these people probably on Blabbermouth probably, you know, are fry cooks or janitors. So they probably, they would be excited if if that trash can they emptied out 
which was a big deal and empty. They would go, you can't believe that. They would talk about it if they were asked about it. Listen, I'm just asked about it, and I answer the question. Again, I'm not even bitter about it. I wish they would have my stuff on. I recorded records, you know what I mean? It's not, you know, I get asked by the fans. If the fans didn't ask me, I wouldn't sit and bring it up. I would never sit down and just start bringing that stuff up. Don't get me wrong. I love to talk about Judas Priest days because it was a blast. You know, yeah. it was a great, absolute, amazing experience. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to sit there and, and not talk about it. But I'm not going to bring stuff up like that. I'm not, I would never sit down and do it. But I don't mind talking about it because that's my past. And the records aren't out. And yeah. if the records were out, we wouldn't have to talk about it, would we? Exactly, and it's again, it's and it's part of your lineage. It's part of your, it's part of your 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 career milestones. But one of the things um, that you you brought up earlier, you were talking about with uh, 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 the Three Tremors album. Um, there was a whole thing that went down before this, where the Three Tremors were supposed to be. Or at least were proposed to be yourself, uh, Ronnie James Dio, and Bruce Dickinson, and then there seems to be a lot of drama and back and forth, and then somehow uh, Jeff Tate came into the fold, and so what was it about that that era of the Three Trimmers that didn't happen? Well, originally it was supposed to be Rob Halford. Back in the day, there was an urban legend, because it never happened. Three Trimmers was Rob Halford, Bruce Dickinson, and Jeff Tate. And then there was rumors that maybe Dio was going to do it. But I think there's a video of, like, Rob did a song, or somebody did a song on the record, and there's a video of those two, or those three, singing a song live on stage. But the Three Trimmers that they, they talked about making never happened. The name was never bought. There's no websites. There's no, uh, you know, nobody uh, purchased the rights to the name. So it just kind of went away. It was an urban legend. And when Sean Peck asked me to do the three trimmers, what? Or at first it wasn't called that. It was just a, a metal record with three singers. I, I wanted to do it because it was like power metal, screaming crazy, make your head explode. <laughs> over-the-top lyrics, over-the-top vocals, over-the-top artwork, just like shit from the, the 80s, you know, like this is, and that's why I did it. And when he said Three Trimmers at first, I was like, I don't know, man. And he's like, listen, I own the name. <laughs> it's like, it's, <laughs> it's, it was an urban legend. When he said urban legend to me, I thought that's, you know, and early on, here's what he said also, early, even though he bought the name, Early on, when we announced that that was what it was going to be, if they would have contacted us and said, hey, we're still going to do it, we're going to use that name, we would have changed it. But obviously, no one's even contacted. They never contacted us. So he just wanted to bring, kind of bring a story of, hey, we're bringing the urban legend to life, you know? Right. I'm going to tell you, not the same person has played Jason Voorhees in every movie. (laughs) So... You know, there's a, that's a there's great a analogy. Jason. Yeah, Michael Myers isn't played by the same person. There was a guy named Michael Myers that was made, and someone else plays him. We're bringing this urban legend to life that was never around. Like it or not, I don't care if you don't like it. Um, but we we kind of brought this thing to life, and I think it's kind of cool. I thought it was a great. Sean Peck worked really hard on this, uh, and I thought it was a great idea. And you know what's great about it? We go tour and we play all twelve songs from the record live so it's not like we're going out playing our back catalog we're playing the album see and that's cool because you know again you being 
the fan that you were, like, there's no doubt in my mind that you would have loved to have seen, you know, Dickinson, Dio, and Tate, or or Halford, or whatever. You know what I mean? But like, you know, that you kind of took it on. I mean, it's you. It's you know Harry Conklin from um, Jack Panzer, and you got you know Sean Peck from Sean Peck from Cage, and I, like, I mean, you've got three extremely talented power metal vocalists you know and you're right dude i listened to the it's over the fucking top man but like again what 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 you know i grew up listening to that kind of metal where like even though i liked you know the kind of more orchestrated sounds of you know maiden and the more kind of you know straight ahead of priest you know i was also really into like fucking venom and grim reaper where they just you know i mean that's some over the wa- wasp you know like that's some over the top singing and it just is play well, you that's, know? What, that's what we were trying to do i mean this is listen if you don't want that then you can take another notch down and, and get my spirits of fire i say get all three records but you get spirits of fire which is sabotage judas priest and some other influences or or you get a new revenge which is Hard rock, straightforward, sing along, put your beer up in the air. I think this is this is what's great about. I mean, again, these should have been released a year apart. That's how it was kind of supposed to happen. But for some reason, everybody decided to let's all wait and release them all at once. But um, <laughs> which is which, kind of overwhelming, I'm sure, for you because you're like, what the fuck now? Like, well, how do I yeah, tour for this? You know why? <laughs> because I, I'm doing interviews all day long, and I don't even which one I'm doing. I'm hoping somebody says something right from the start so they can remind me of which record I'm public promoting right now. Because it's like, like right away you said a new revenge. Okay, I could talk about that. I don't know. I'm just I just talk about all of them. But no, it is. And listen, it's not uh, three trimmers. Isn't something. That's going to get, I mean, even the video is over the top. I mean, it's like, whoa, man, that's a, you know, but that's, that's kind of, and people will make fun of it and diss it and not like songs and not like the videos, but that's kind of what we're doing. We're trying to get a market of people that, that will dig that, you know, and, uh, um, but there's a thing for that because, you know, like, you know, like my best friend, James, he always makes fun of me and he's just like, like he, he'll say like, you like the most over the top shit. And I'm like, you know, uh, you know, even like newer bands, you know, like Savage Master. I don't know if you've heard of them. They're out of uh, Louisville, wow. Kentucky, you know, like the lead singer, Stacy, Stacy, she dresses up like a, like, a, you know, like she's like the. The 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 mat the mistress and then all her bandmates are like in like they're henchmen with hoods and she leads them on stage in chains and stuff you know and it's like super over the top but I'm like that's what I grew up listening to and loving so you kind of expect like this kind of level of you know again in in respectful way cheesiness and kind of like just like craziness like stuff that look you look at and you go god damn dude there's a picture of ripper holding a sword and a demon by the throat you know what i mean like, no, it's, like it is i felt like i did a mixture of man of war and kiss making an album cover you know like <laughs> because listen i've never really except with my time with priest wearing the ripper jacket and doing some of the leather stuff then i've i've always been you know uh pretty subdued thing you know I'm, I'm not over the top with anything uh you know like your normal guy doing it so this was you know it's kind of it's sometimes you know it's i still think to myself man did i really do this am i really but i, I love it and hey we're on stage touring with it you know that's the funny thing about it is we did 
17 shows in Europe before the record was out in October. Now we just did five shows on the West Coast and the record wasn't even out. So, um, you know, it's, you know, trying to get the name out and do something that's that's crazy like that. So you get these metalheads that come out and they want to hear it. Well, so let me ask you this. As far as touring goes, I couldn't tell you the last time you were in Atlanta other than uh, with Priest. And, and maybe you were here before I moved back here, uh, you know, nine years ago or so, though. But uh, uh, are, are, are we going to get to see you out here on the East Coast for any of these? Like, like well, is it going to well, be like a pick your own album to tour? <laughs> You know. Yeah, I, I hope I would. You know what? I'll bet you three trimmers could have gotten there, but I had to cut it short because I had some other obligations. Or we probably, you know, Sean probably would have booked that. I mean, we're uh, we're getting ready. To, I leave uh, tomorrow morning for New York to do some press and and tour, uh, do more touring. But um, I, you know, I was there with with obviously Eister. Right. Uh, I don't know if I've been there with Dio Disciples or not. I don't think I have. No, actually. no, Dio Disciples um, hasn't come through yet. But I'm kind of hoping that that that'll change this year because I was talking to Craig Goldie um, not too long ago, and he was just like, "Yeah, we'd like to make it out to the East Coast. We haven't been out there." Well, you know, so. I'll bet the Hologram Tour will happen. Yeah, um, and you'll still be I'll, involved with that. I'll do that. I'll sing some songs. I just, you know. I want to jump on that because it's something new, never been done before. So yeah, I'll get up and sing, you know, sing a couple songs, and so we'll probably, hopefully, we'll hit Atlanta. But I'm, I wouldn't be shocked. I'm, I actually should try to do it solo because I've been holding off on a on an American solo tour, uh, and this couple agents have been really hounding me to do it. But uh, they come at me with these dates that are like a brutal schedule. I'm like, man, that's too. I'm too old for that. Um, <laughs> Like uh, five, like you know, five on and like one off, and then like six oh, on no, and one that's off. That's easy. No, that's an easy <laughs> schedule. I'm talking fifteen in a row, things like that. Oh so, no, man, that's a, that's for the twenty year olds, man. Well, I, hey, I did the U, I did the UK, and the set list was opening with Jugulator, and we did all those songs. And Ice Earth Medley was the most brutal set, two over two hour set, and we did eleven in a row. So I know I can do it, but I I try not to when you're, you know, you're hoping it's a van driving you around, not a jackass or something. You really don't know what's going to be in store for you when you're <laughs> when you're on a tour. <laughs> well, man, I sure hope we get you here in uh in Atlanta cuz I cuz I'd love to, I'd love to see just like you said, like yeah, I I think I think a solo repertoire would be great because it'd be a cool way to really see um Kind of, kind of like you said, a, a um, uh, like just just a mix of your catalog, you know, of everything you've done. I mean, which has got to be kind of cool for you to look back and go, I've done so many things that you know, like you you. I mean, you could probably do a different show every freaking night. I I could. Uh, the band would be mad at me, but I could. <laughs> um, I like it to tour solo. Uh, you know, doing stuff off Demolition Jugulator and throwing a couple classic Priest songs in there and uh, doing Ice Earth, you know, doing When the Eagle Cries and Ice Earth Medley. And, That's a great uh, one, yeah. Yeah, I love I love doing these tours. So, uh, you know, hopefully next year maybe, because this year I kind of concentrated on three trimmers and, and this stuff. So hopefully next year I'll be able to do that. I was out towards Atlanta uh, last year. I did a show, like a, a all-star show with the Drover Brothers. We played out there and somewhere close to Atlanta. We did like one in like Alabama and then we came over and did one like, well, I mean, 
I drove to the airport, Atlanta airport the next morning and flew out. So it was really, it was really. So it was a driving distance. Yeah, yeah. But right. you know, it was kind of like some kind of barbecue festival or something. <laughs> yeah, I'm not joking. So the show wasn't very good, but the food was delicious. <laughs> Now that that is a headline that people should run with. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it was, fuck it all was this, great, fuck all this priest stuff. You know, the show wasn't great, yeah. but the food was delicious. <laughs> yeah, we got some barbecue out of the deal. Now they'll pro- now all now all the vegetarians will start hating on you. You know? <laughs> oh, I think they probably already do hate me. <laughs> Well, look, before we close out, I do have one more question for you. And it and um, it's something that I've thought about quite a bit from someone like yourself who's had the experience that you have. Like, would you have any advice to someone who might pursue a slot or be approached as a replacement vocalist for a iconic band of any kind? Yeah, I think that I think the thing is, just you know, you got to. You got to do your best. You got to your whole. Whether they like you or not, the goal is to go on stage and blow people away. I mean, that was it. I was really comfortable when I did it because I felt ready. I, people were there. To, the funny thing is, is they come there to the show to yell at you and hate you. I mean, especially when you're replacing Rob Halford, right? Um, right. But but I turned so many of them at the show. So many of them was like, dude, this guy's he can sing, and it's because. I worked really, that's all I worried about. I didn't worry about going out at night. I didn't worry about, you know, drinking, hanging. I worried about singing. So I think that's, and you know what? If people don't like you, they're not going to like you. I mean, I knew Rob would be back someday. But the greatest part is use that opportunity, whether it lasts or not, use that opportunity because I've been able to use it. Uh, Judas Priest was like my college. You know, so I kind of had them, and they made they opened up everything for me. You know, they opened up for me to go to Ice Earth and Ingbe and, and be on stage with every single musician that I grew up idolizing and loving. And it was because of them, and it's because I've tried to to be the best I could. And that's all you got to do. I mean, you can't worry about what they think because some people just are not gonna like you. Period. Dude, that is amazing. That is such a great way to look at it. That's such a great outlook. And, you know, man, I'll have to tell you, I have absolutely enjoyed our time together, man. And I know it's probably a little longer than you're used to, but I really enjoyed uh, just really connecting with you and getting to hear it from, you know, you know, from the person himself, you know, and this is a real treat, Ripper. I really appreciate it, dude. Well, thanks, man. Absolutely. It was a great talk. Well, man, well, look, well, best of luck with the three tremors and, you know, all other, the other 38 bands you have going on. And, um, um, I'm looking, I'm super psyched for the, um, for the, a new revenge album. And I think it's really gonna, uh, show people a different side of you. And, uh, so best of luck with that. And I sure hope we get to connect in Atlanta when you make it through. Thanks, man. And listen, take it easy on me on, on social media and on Twitter because it really hurts my feelings so just try and take it easy on me. <laughs> Let's make Twitter great again. Uh, now that's a headline we can run with. That's the headline. <laughs> that's what makes That's what makes it. Well, look, man. Well, like I said, best of luck with everything and uh, take right. care and keep in touch, my friend. You got it. Thanks, bud. Thanks. Thanks.